episode 81. My name is Dave Hunt, and I'm joined by Michael Swick. How's it going, Dave? Happy we're, we're, we're in the 80s now. We're getting closer and closer to episode 100. Jeez, oh, don't even say that. Yep, so close, Dave. <laughs> and then we'll make crazy goals, like 200. Uh-huh. Yeah. 81 consecutive weeks, and uh, over. A, I think we're getting close to over 100 pieces of content, right? Uh... Yeah, we might actually with a couple be. of the extra episodes. I mean, I, with Patreon, like 100, percent we're over 100 things. But um, I think we're really close to 100 unique things on our feed. 93, 93 right over 90. Feed. Never mind, I can't add as usual. But with um, the Patreon, we're yeah. probably at 100 exactly. <laughs> All right, so obviously we are Digital Days Gaming. We are a weekly podcast that posts to podcast services every Thursday. We live stream on Twitch, typically on Tuesdays. Twitch.tv slash Digital Days Gaming. Um, as well as you can just go to our website, digitaldaysgaming.com. It'll take you to the show. Uh, it'll allow you to link it up with any of your podcast services. Uh, if those services allow you to leave a review, please do so. That's super, super helpful, uh, as well as just sharing the show. Um, you can also uh, follow us on Twitch, like we mentioned before. We're a Twitch affiliate. If you want to use uh, your Amazon Prime sub through Twitch, you can do so. If you want to spend like five bucks to help us support us on Twitch, you can do that as well. Everything else is linked in the show notes. Uh, Discord, Facebook, Twitters, all that stuff is in the show notes. Please join our community, hang out, have a conversation. Um, a little a little news heavy, conversational news heavy, I think, this week. And we're going to throw it over to Michael. All right, we're going to start with a story that's still developing. Uh, AT&T has sold Warner Media, the Warner Brothers arm of their company, to, well, they spun it off. And kind of sold it to the Discovery Network, uh, which, you know, owns Discovery Channel, I think TLC, and a bunch of other networks. And they are going to form a new company. So Warner Brothers is now by itself, and it is joining Discovery to form a new company. Uh, AT&T bought Warner Brothers just three years ago for $85 billion, and they sold it off for $43 billion. So AT&T did, just... Did they sell off everything that they had with it? That's what we'll get into. Uh, okay. They... Basically, they sold all of their Warner Brothers arm or a majority of it and came out and were basically saying, we're going back to a telecommunication company. We're not going to try and be a big conglomerate, uh, you know, like a big corporate. Conglomerate. Yeah. We're not going to be. I don't even know if that was the right term to use. So I cut myself yeah. off. No, no, uh, you're good. I, I saw this story and like yeah. I was like, I saw this like st- like this talk and speculation when the first story first broke and I was like. I'm just going to wait because they're, it's so confusing. <laughs> yeah. Basically they're, they're getting rid. They bought Warner's for 85 million billion. And then now they're selling it off for 43 billion. So they're willing to take a huge loss in terms of, you know, that initial payment. I'm sure they made a good chunk of money back with HBO max and everything, but they're going to just let HBO be its own thing with discovery channel. And this includes DC comics TNT, like the Turner Networks, Warner Brothers Films, television. And the reason I added this is obviously, you know, HBO has like partnership with Sony for Mm -hmm. the Last of Us series. And the weird wrinkle is AT&T with Warner Brothers owned 11 video game studios. And in this sale, they're not going to sell all 11 studios or they're not giving all 11 studios away in this deal. Okay. And that's where the video game aspect comes into it a little well, bit Well, I mean, the first thing that pops up to my head is Rocksteady and DC. If they if they sold the DC license, there's no point in AT&T keeping Rocksteady. Exactly. And that's the 
the the thing that we still need to figure out is if, if have- I'm sorry, if Rocksteady's future plans after Suicide Squad, which I think they have, that's essentially what Rocksteady is is a DC studio at this point in time. Agreed. Yeah. 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 And. Suicide Squad is supposed to be a game as a service, so like it almost, like that would almost kill Suicide Squad if they kept Rocksteady but didn't have the license. And you could probably say the same about Warner Brothers Montreal, who are working on Gotham Knights. It would be right. weird to separate them when the game was delayed an entire year. Mm-hmm. But AT and T hasn't really given up the details because this plan is is going to be like the Microsoft Bethesda thing, where it's going right. to take a year for this deal to close. But AT and T do plan to keep some of the gaming studios, so that puts question marks around like. What's Rocksteady's future? What's NetherRealm's future? Uh, and all the other studios that they have. What I would imagine they're doing is if a studio has a strong mobile, you know, uh, yeah. as a telecommunication studio or as telecommunication company, I could see that. Yeah. And NetherRealm has some like mobile games that they've mm-hmm. dabbled in, but are is that enough for AT and T to keep them? And also, does Discovery? They would probably want it. Right. Because well, who owns the Mortal Kombat IP? Warner? Warner. Yeah, Warner. Okay. Unless we, AT&T peels it off, but that would be so weird since they don't want to be a media company so anymore. War, so essentially Warner is giving NetherRealm permission to use Mortal Kombat's IP, right? Or selling it to... Yeah, yeah, or, yeah because when they were acquired, so then it became every... Warner owns all right. of that. Yeah. So it, that's it, another that's another thing of, like, NetherRealm stays on AT&T, but for some reason the Mortal Kombat IP is peeled off, like, that kind of... Yeah, NetherRealm does other things, but again, NetherRealm's bread and, bread and butter lately has been Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's a Mortal Kombat and the uh, Injustice, the DC game Injustice. Right, okay, yeah. So. And if Discovery Channel now owns... DC Comics, then you'd imagine that they would have pulled NetherRealm with them. So this is going to be something we're probably, by the time this comes out, we'll probably know what studios are staying and which studios are going. It's just fascinating to see AT&T just kind of give up. And yeah. now I was looking at the numbers. Uh, HBO Max was like number... They had like some market share that was like in the 30s. And Discovery, with their streaming service, because Discovery owns like two or three different streaming services, had like 15% of the market. So now with this deal, this new company is number two behind Disney in terms mm-hmm. of like streaming stuff. I would Could imagine. Could you see Warner try to peel off each and like sell Rocksteady and NetherRealm like together to somebody? That's what uh, a lot of speculation was is because remember AT&T last year was like hey we're going to sell our video game divisions right and apparently Microsoft and EA like kicked the tires of like well how much would it be but it the 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 numbers were different i can see AT&T peeling some back because they see more value in selling them separately to a company but yeah, if I, they, I i think rock okay so i i always forget but insomniac was 250 250 mil yes. is that what we okay yeah. so as a studio like rocksteady i mean half they could probably 150 uh, it, it, it depends on how confident the company is in them with potentially without like the arkham license or because is right. nether yeah, worth that's anything point. that's a good point okay without injustice and yeah so i guess combat. it depends on where the license goes first because like yeah. i guess discovery could license it out like like uh disney's been doing star wars right mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they could. And would that be successful for them? No, it would only be successful if they license it to NetherRealm. You right. know, like if they license it to anyone else, then it's it, there's no point. But I, I could totally see Discovery going, hey, you know what? We don't want to pay the video game bill. You pay us. And, you know, I, I could almost see like Rocksteady trying to, I mean, I don't know how much it would cost for them, but like I maybe they go, they try to go independent. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's it's fascinating. I saw all this and I was just like, I just need to wait for some of the dust to settle. And I think that this one's probably even more convoluted than the Bethesda Zenimax thing because Microsoft bought Zenimax. They didn't buy yeah. like Bethesda or Bethesda Sub Studios. They bought the publisher and the comp and the corporation. And it sounds like Discovery is like, okay, well, we want this, but we only want this, this, and this inside of that. And and it, and it's even more complicated because it's like. AT&T spinning Warner Brothers off be like we're done with you and then merging with Discovery to make a brand new company right. which is even crazier and then there's like something where like AT&T stockholders will own 70% of this new yeah. company and, and yeah, it's just just to, just to clarify there's we, we're aware of 11 video game development studios that fall underneath the WB umbrella but we don't know which of those 11 studios are remaining with AT&T and which of them are going to Discovery as of now, correct? Correct, yeah, okay. as of right now. And the studios obviously are very quiet, which people... Which they were... have to be because they're paid to be. Like, yeah, I saw a lot of speculation of like, oh, NetherRealm's been really quiet lately. It's like because they're probably working on their next game and ideally this wouldn't affect them. The only thing that is it, kind it, of scary... It, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't affect them, but it is scary to not think about like where your next check is coming from. Or like in that in that same situation, if, if, I'm, if I'm the head of Rocksteady and like I'm, you know, maybe you're not in the loop, maybe you're hearing rumblings, but then you're seeing the same news reports that we're seeing and saying, oh, like there's a good chance your studio has been sold, but there's the possibility that the DC license isn't with that studio. I'd be like, uh... <laughs> like, yeah. There, as, as the head of the studio that would give me like heartburn oh yeah just because it's like okay who the fuck is my boss now because they just went over the well it's not this even merger my just... boss is my game that i've dedicated the last five years of my life or x amount of years of my life to that is almost done it, like could just get nuked <laughs> like... especially like discovery even though discovery knows what they're buying discovery could be well, here's the thing. AT&T was considering selling DC Comics or right. closing DC Comics, like the actual and, and, publisher. And don't get me wrong. Like, in, the, in, the, in the long run, I'm sure that there's contracts and codes and things that are written and clauses that are written in any in any sale, similar to like the Deathloop Ghostwire Tokyo thing with Bethesda. Like those are still coming to PlayStation. This IP deal could have been done already. And no matter what happens, Rocksteady finishes Suicide Squad, no matter what. But after that's done, Discovery. It's, ter it's terrifying for a games as a service. Yeah, Discovery could be like, we don't want to do this anymore. Like, DC Comics in general, like, AT&T was just going to turn DC Comics, they were going to close DC Comics, like, the co comic book, and then just license the brands out. We don't know what Discovery plans to do with DC Comics, because they might just do the same thing, of just, like, let's close the comics and just license out everything to external, like, comic book writers, external... Video which is, game which companies. is super scary because somebody's like, I want to reboot Batman again. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we don't know what Discovery's plans are. You know, right. like the Sony the deal with HBO uh -huh. was done under AT&T's umbrella. And it's something in the movie industry, especially the movie film Hollywood industry. When a new head of studio takes mantle, they burn 
everything down that the old CEO yeah, greenlit. They, they, they want they want their fingers and their 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 signature on everything. And the way that they get their signature on everything is to erase whatever anybody else did. Yeah. So anything that's currently in production at HBO now has the, you know, unless it's going in production soon. Luckily, Last of Us is going in production very soon. So Last of Us will make it through this but the commitment could change in terms of you know like oh we told pedro pascal like clear out the next three years because we're we're (laughs) doing this and now it could be a year-to-year thing which means you could lose some actors and some projects as they figure out all the dust settling on this uh but yeah the the video game thing was the most interesting thing to me of just like the idea that at&t is gonna cherry pick certain companies i'm assuming it's going to beat all the mobile companies that warner brothers most likely owns yeah but uh, you're right though if i'm ea sony or microsoft i go knock on that door again like hey yeah. uh you know like oh, what's it going to take to maybe you know get the studio and the dc stuff like yeah you know to to you know like i EA, i sony maybe have it would have a little bit of a financial problem with it but i think ea microsoft could totally buy the buy a studio and buy an uh, um a property like a license yeah, and I think Rocksteady is a strong enough studio that even if they lost Arkham, you can probably get people interested in a new IP thing from Ark uh, from Rocksteady. Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Ninja Turtles, <laughs> which is Nickelodeon. Yeah, Nickelodeon. So it's Paramount. Right. Uh, so they could purchase it. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. like you know, like they could go and try to purchase the licensing to it or something. Yeah. So, so like, but like another. <laughs> I, still, I still. I'm sorry. I still want a four player Ninja Turtle. Arkham style game, like <laughs> it would be so good, especially if it's like Ralph in his like trench coat, you yeah, know, yeah. movie era. But you know, that's DLC. Uh, that's how microtransactions are. But you know, I worry about like Nether Realm because I think Nether Realm is mm-hmm. they're a great studio, but if you could, take, they make a brand new fighting IP. I don't think so. No, because like, there's only so much that you can do. We see fighting games come and go, uh, but you know. Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter are like forever franchises, but we'll we'll see how this ends up going. I we'll find out more soon. I'm I'm guessing, but don't be surprised if like AT and T just cherry pick some studios just so they can flip them later mm-hmm. because. Well, I mean, ultimately they they lost a significant amount of money here. They're you know supposedly it looks like on paper obviously that they're, they're going to try to recoup some of that, and they might be able to recoup some of that by selling these eleven studios all the cart. Mm-hmm. because they 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 tested the waters last year you know when companies were like throwing offers at them for some individual studios so now they know what they can probably get and, well, and i think that 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 value went up because mm-hmm. since since the the tires got kicked or whatever we've seen insomniac be purchased we've seen gearbox get purchased we've seen zenimax get purchased um we've seen code codemasters no yes yeah ea bought yeah. codemasters codemasters we've seen a lot of studios get purchased um just uh and those are with arguably like less than stellar ish games like borderlands is fine but like um codemasters is, is a racing studio which they do a fantastic job but that doesn't carry as much weight as, as batman you know or the pedigree that the, the batman franchise carried for rocksteady yeah rocksteady could probably fetch them like a decent amount nether realm just on legacy can mm-hmm. can pull stuff in especially if you can like do a bundle deal <laughs> of like here's right. another realm with mortal Kombat, right and go from there there there's a lot of possibilities that couldn't come from this and it's just 
Warner Brothers, though, like last year around E3, there was talks that, you know, they're going to do their own E3 showcase. Then COVID happened. That was canceled. This mm-hmm. year, they're back on to be at E3. This happens. Right. So yeah. you, you imagine that has to like throw some wrench in, in, in their plans. Or they're just going to use it as a huge selling point. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. look at all the stuff we're doing. Don't you want to buy this? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, E3 is where business happens. So yeah. it, it could work. That's crazy. Uh, th- That's just so weird, though. I mean, like it, it impacts so much stuff, like television, video games, movies. Like, there's so much that's it, that's impacted with this yeah. per- and, possible and, purchase. And you know, and that's not even touching the the fact that there's like thousands of people that are going to be affected mm-hmm. by this change. And the video game industry is already very volatile in terms of like how easy jobs just vanish and stuff. So we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see what happens from that probably soon probably by the time this comes out we'll probably have some idea of like we're nether round like the big studios will definitely have figured out within the next week or so uh the next story uh is one of my favorite ways sony likes to do things is they did a wired interview wired seems to be their go-to thing Uh, it's with i believe herman holst and jim ryan jim ryan loves these interviews uh the main takeaway that everyone got from this is how many games are currently under development for the PlayStation Studios umbrella. Herman Hulst said there are over 25 games currently in development that will be exclusive to PlayStation. Uh, this does include second-party titles. So we the new hate. The new studio. Jade Raymond's Haven, yeah. the ex-Bungie People's Firewalk Mm-hmm. ip so it includes that and then also sony i believe has like 13 internal studios so you'd imagine yeah, each and, one has like one you, to two if, games say if you start rattling off the stuff that we think we know about another god of war um forbidden west um like something another spider-man um you know there's the ratchet you, you, and still counts right uh, if you can start if you start rattling game. some of this down like it's not like super surprising um I don't know why, like, there are a lot of people think this is a big deal. Like, this is business. Like, and, you know, like, again, the counterpoint is like, oh, look at all the games they're making. Well, Microsoft has, like, 20 studios now. So, they're, like, if they're all working on two games, then Microsoft has 40 games in development. Are we going to see 40 games? No. This, <laughs> like, this definitely was one of those news things that seemed very... Because there was, like, a fake list going on yeah. last week about, like, all the games in currently currently in development at Xbox and then this new story comes out like two days later being like, well, right. we have over 25 games. And it's yeah. like, I mean, The Last of Us remake, uh, the new God of War, like you said, Ratchet and Clank, Horizon Forbidden West. Um, the new it, Bend like, game that they got yeah. approved to do. Right. Uh, uh, Sobe Studios are probably working on something else. Media yeah. Molecule is doing something. Like, yeah. we, we, you know, like... The, the, he said, and, and this says in development, not like guaranteed to come out soon. Right. So Sucker Punch's new game, because guess yep. what? Sucker Punch is going to make a new game, guys. Like, yeah. Like, this is one of those news stories. I saw like all the headlines going. I figured I would just throw it in it's here. Like, just it's for like the a laugh. baseball team having like forty bats for twenty players. So why? Guess what? <laughs> uh, MLB will have a new game next year. Yeah, <laughs> from, that's from... probably in development too. Yeah. <laughs> like... So it was just hilarious seeing people be like, "They have so many games in development." And it's like, yes, of course they do. They have thirteen yeah. or fourteen <laughs> studios. Like, and like you said, what... there's always there's always the game. Like. Uh, Sony Santa Monica is working on God of War and then yes. there's something else that's being worked background. on in this office with like six people like, yeah and depending on how far along it is it probably counts which is why he said probably, over 25 
two something else is being worked on by two teams of 10 or 12 people and then if you know one of it is gonna be like oh like this is you know like we're actually a little farther ahead and we can actually like show you a prototype okay we're gonna green light this game as like we're we're dating we're titling this game you know yeah it's very easy to imagine each studio has at least two things in the oven right now at different stages look at insomniac insomniac's not a gigantic studio but they Mm -hmm. just released or they're about to have two games come out within like eight months of each other right and the time it takes to make a baby they're going to release ratchet and clank and miles morales yeah and probably have their next game announced <laughs> like right. immediately after yeah, which june gonna, like yeah, yeah i mean like ratchet and clank's gonna does it come out before we, we don't know what sony hasn't announced what their their e3 stuff yeah, is or, but, but it would like ideally it's come out before yeah, yeah. and so. they'll probably give a spider-man teaser because we're mm-hmm. probably do for a Spider-Man teaser already. Yeah, for Miles I, I mean, Morales Spider-Man teams. 2, I think holiday 2022 is possible. Yeah, for sure. Especially, you know, they already have it running on next. And this is where consoles. this is this is where you'd see like a title screen for it mm-hmm. in June or July. So, And even though me and Dave talked about like, can they do New York consistently again? Yes, they can because it's Spider-Man. So they're, yeah. they already have like a huge chunk of the world built. Now with sewers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like you can go in the water finally. <laughs> so no, it's yeah. just, i mean like i i get it like playstation's winning i, I and 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 they're you know like you, getting their consoles is hard their their games are are you know ratchet and clank but there's another trailer this week it looks amazing so um you know like um returnal is 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 solid it's starting to like some of the armor is starting to get some chinks in it though as more and more people are playing it and more and more people are are getting maybe frustrated with it a little bit um yeah i see some people getting frustrated yeah so i mean and just or or understanding exactly what it is or what it's trying to be um and then what they want and i and you know i feel like housemark is like kind of bending to what people want more and i'm i I don't like it when studios do that um you know because i saw some headline that like housemark is actively working on some type of save state system and i'm like kind of takes away from the whole foundation of the game you made and they're struggling with it because it it's was part of, it's, meant, it's baked yeah. into the foundation of the game yeah. <laughs> like which so. i almost i almost i don't i don't even want it and i'm one of the people that's struggling with it but this is what the game is i dislike like, the, the like developers being forced to go against like what their intentional yeah. plan what well, like their uh, intentions were oh uh, who was it uh sekiro like wasn't it sekiro that got so much crap because their game was so hard and they're like no we're not making an easier mode <laughs> like, yeah no. it's like that's, that's not what we do and <laughs> yeah and that's how i feel about like returnal we'll talk a little returnal yeah. later but it's yeah I can't get to the third biome, but I'm not mad at the game. Right. I just need to get better, and yeah. most likely that means I need to spend significantly more time with this game to to do that. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I didn't want to go that way. I didn't want to go like down that hill. But um, so yeah, like you said, second parties recently announced Haven and Firewalk. All right, I don't want to reread the thing. All right, so this is also interesting to me. The next story: uh, Ubisoft plans to focus on a little bit more free to play. Yeah. And I and I added the little bit more part to the headline because I think again people are freaking out. <laughs> like um, yeah. Ubisoft in an earnings report said they want to move away from releasing three to four AAA games a year and focus on AAA free to play titles. Awesome! Like I think that's that's a cool thing. Two reasons. Uh, the first reason is because I feel like like you you have said before is that they they do a lot of like 
this kind of the same but different like oh this is like you know like ghost recon and and division and then far cry and assassin's creed and that they're not the same character driven games but at the Mm -hmm. core gameplay that's it's kind of like my criticism of sony like they're third person or first person open world adventure games like yeah (laughs) um, and because going true go ahead because all their studios touch every single game Mm -hmm. that's why we get situations where it's like oh the Even map feels the same. The yeah. waypoints feel the same. The menus feel the same because they've All got the a towers. really good AI team. You know, yeah. like <laughs> it's just like yes, it does that because it just streamlines their workflow. If right. like they have the same basic core. Um. So, and then another quote in line with the evolution of our high quality lineup that is increasingly diverse. We are moving on from our prior comment regarding three to four premium AAAs per year. Again, I think this is great because they can never really hit these. They would always try to announce three to four games and they would always be delayed. In reality, it's like two to three. Right. A year. And then with one. Now, the most recent free to play, Hyperscape, flopped. Uh, yeah. And I don't have like pure statistical data that says it flopped, but it's not doing things. No one talks about um, it. And then in response, the Ubisoft rep said that this doesn't mean that they were that they are going to release less premium games. Like, I don't think Watch Dogs is going anywhere. I don't think Far Cry is going anywhere. I don't think Assassin's Creed is going anywhere. I just think that you're going to get see more development time for these games. Like, you're not going to see them necessarily annualized as fast. Um, I think you might see Assassin's Creed turn a little bit more into the Far Cry cadence. Yeah, I, the, I can see Assassin's Creed. I don't see a path for Assassin's Creed to go free to play, but right. I can see a path for Far Cry. As a franchise, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, um, and then we have ahead. a question in the chat uh, about what does this mean for Beyond Good and Evil 2? That will still release because I feel like they've already committed too well, much this, to it. Right, and this gets into those things, uh, like a little a little behind the curtain for some people of uh, our prior time. Like So uh, at PS Nation and currently now, we have a fantastic relationship with Ubisoft. Um, and the thing about that relationship with Ubisoft is being even at E3 events, like beyond good and evil was kind of always like off by itself. Like they, they, they almost like they had a different PR firm that wasn't handled by Ubisoft directly. Um, it was under Ubisoft's umbrella, but it wasn't the same people. Like I would ask like some of the people that actually have really good relationships with Ubisoft PR and they would kind of just shrug and they'd be like, uh, you gotta go ask him. And I'm like, I don't know him. (laughs) So I think that it's... It very much felt it like felt like a vanity project almost of like we're doing this because people wanted us to do this. But we have I think this is the head of Ubisoft and his name's escaping me, Guillermo um Yees. Yees, uh him getting the guy that and again I'm terrible with names as everybody knows. Getting the guy that's that's really good at that did beyond good and evil, like like hey we really want you to make this game and that guy going okay well i don't want to make the game well what's it gonna take to make you for you to make the game well i want this 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 and this and he's like okay and within those things are i get to do my own thing you just pay the bill i I feel so that yeah i think it's still coming um i i I would assume that we would see something this year at at their e3 um showcase that they're doing for this game because it's it needs to be soon but i don't think that this lives in the same cadence of that ubisoft concerned about like this studio can can just i feel it can almost my perception is it can just do what what it wants when it wants yeah and also the head of beyond good and evil he left to do a wildlife sanctuary that's right we talked about that happened Uh, like he was accused of being i think a bully or something i forget exactly what his thing was but he basically was like i'm gonna go do a wildlife sanctuary 
uh, to get sabbatical. away. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's being accused. He doesn't want to do anything, so he just he he bails right. on the project. So we don't even. I Beyond Good and Evil is in that hellscape that Skull and Bones currently is, <sighs> which, which is, is apparently is delayed again because it probably is going to turn into a free to play game. At this and point. you know what like as, as an example like that is a perfect free-to-play model especially mm-hmm. if it stays in the pd in the player versus player ship versus ship realm which i don't want it to yeah um but it could i could definitely see it trying to do like a better ver- I, and I, I haven't played it enough to say it but like a better sea of thieves mm-hmm. in terms of ship combat um but it the microtransaction thing does scare me and the re- and it scares me because like that's just not my style of game that i enjoy but at the same time i haven't got a chance to sink my teeth into into a free-to-play style game that i may or may not enjoy because the one hasn't really come out and if anybody could get one to come out that might get my attention and and grab me it's ubisoft um yeah to, uh, to see like the possibility of something like that is is super interesting um and when you see numbers like we saw from apex i don't blame them mm-hmm like they could, if they make three or four, if they try to make two to three or three to four free to play games, and one of them turns into half of what Apex is, that's crazy successful. Yeah, and, and I think that's also what it depend help or hurt depending on your opinion. But it's probably something they're considering for Rainbow Six Quarantine. Of like, will this help or hurt it if we just turn this into a free to play game? Mm-hmm. Be- in... I think it's too late for some of their announced games, personally. But like the Division Heartland thing is probably starting this, and they're like, "Hey, like let's let's." And then it's there's more leaks surrounding Division Heartland that are going to be very much like Division One survival mode, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of like a one-off thing, which is perfect for free to play. Like you kind of jump in, and you know maybe like you buy some other skins or cosmetics, and you 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 have like a battle pass you can you can purchase and level yourself up to get other things um it's something like that fits into that realm and into that if they want to continue to to build i don't want to see like as, as an example i don't want to see far cry 7 be free to play but i could see something like far cry 6 colon new dawn like they did with far cry 5 yeah maybe being free to play with a different story element to it you you, you kind of almost turn to free to play games as advertisements to the full price game that you do. Hey, you like this world? Like year. check out this next game that kind of like teased the story a little bit, or you're you're seeing events happening around you that are making you wonder what's going on, and you're like, and then like as a teaser to Far Cry Seven, like when it like all all, all of a sudden in, in a seasonal event, a new villain shows up in in Far Cry Free to Play, and that's leads into Seven. Games are notorious for doing that. Worst case scenario, they basically release a free to play game. It bombs, and then that makes the fan base so much more hungry for the premium <laughs> game. But I also think it gives the companies a chance to experiment. Okay, wow, the player base really hated this. We're not doing that in, in the in the paid game. Yeah, it's, which means it gives their depending on how they structure this. Because again, Ubisoft lets all their studios touch all their games. Yeah. If they want to divide things up and actually have a free to play team working on it, and then having the base studio working on the actual premium game that could work and i also think this is sadly how we're gonna get experimentation from big publishers look against them yeah like, like the I, apex like now this has just made people want more titanfall yeah like i think this is we always or at least i complain that like games are too similar or like we're not seeing like the the cool big indie games that we used to see from major publishers or whatever you'd want to say like smaller games not indie games well that's because the narrative is like as going back to what we talked about earlier the narrative is that resogun's not 
selling super, super great. Yeah, but the only way we're going to get these big publishers to experiment is to just release something free to play. Mm-hmm. And then they, with their more like confident franchises and IP, those will get full price games because they're like confident that people will buy in at $70. But their weird experimental stuff as a free-to-play game, there's less risk for them. And if it works out for them, they make a killing. And then that right. potentially... If it doesn't work, it's not a huge... Like, as much as, you know, Hyperscape maybe struggled like i'm sure that i'm sure i'm sure it generated some revenue still yeah. like and they probably learned a lot about online infrastructure that they'll apply yeah. to other games that hyperscape crawled so hopefully skull and bones and heartland can like right. walk and run i mean we've seen rocket league kind of go from a paid experience to a free-to-play experience and they seem to be doing okay mm-hmm. um you know they, they, there's just there's huge opportunities and you, you can argue that destruction all-stars probably should have been a free-to-play game I think Sony's super terrified of free to play after they're drawn to death. Uh, other, you know, experiments they did multiple years ago, which just all flopped all at the same time. Um, you know, I think that they're they're definitely gun shy. But to see something in that world of like a Splinter Cell style free to play, you want a new Splinter Cell? Let's see how this free to play you know gameplay mode works. And this also could just be a heavy focus on mobile too. We've seen them advertise a ton of mobile stuff, ton. I think the the thing that will probably get Sony and other publishers to really jump on it is just to see how Halo's multiplayer does, Mm -hmm. especially because it's going to be on multiple uh, devices. Like, Mm -hmm. technically, you're going to be playing Halo Infinite for free on your mobile phone. Well, not technically free because you have to use, like, Game Pass Ultimate or whatever. The cloud Yeah, but you can just own an Xbox One and play Halo multiplayer. Yeah. I think that is going to be something like if that is successful, I could see Sony maybe looking at stuff and maybe revamping PlayStation now as like a vehicle mm-hmm. for like a free to play game to be able to be played anywhere. Basically kind of do the Fortnite thing could be possible from like a Sony because uh, free to play seems to be working for Activision um, for Epic for ea <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's it's really ubisoft to seeing that and being like okay there's three cases where they're getting really good success let's try it and how soon do you think until ea tries to do a free-to-play sports game i can see them doing that relatively soon like, like I a could different totally... like a different version of fifa so i don't know like if you fifa s- light or something i don't know. know if you saw but ea recently did something um, there was rumors that they were going to bring back like the EA big. Oh, I did uh, see some of that. So where they're experimenting. Yeah. That could be something like an NBA jam style EA big game. That's free I to play. I can see that. Yeah. Like, I think their acquisition or of another Super NFL, Mega another NFL blitz style thing. Yeah. You know? I think their acquisition of super mega baseball, which we didn't talk about. <laughs> yeah. Which I just remembered now. Yeah. Um, that but their, their animation engine with mm-hmm. the, the free-to-play model of the NFL NBA licenses, like, for sure. Could be their their way to do it. That's something that could run on a Switch 100%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. so I, I see them already probably dabbling in that soon. And Codemasters yeah. make so many racing games, I could totally see yeah. them seeing one of the many racing games they're developing. An endless Runner, NBA Street. <laughs> yeah. There, there's God, please, a, don't, don't really do yeah, that. Yeah, don't do don't that, do don't that. do that. Uh, but... <laughs> There's definitely a path for them to to do something. Um, But all right, that's it for the big news. I have two small stories that I threw on here since nothing was delayed. Yeah. This GTA Uh, thing is, it wasn't this announced at this like PS5 next gen event. 
Yeah, we already knew about the online thing. But Why we had, is it taking a year and a half to come out? <laughs> I don't know. So GTA 5 is going to come to the Series S, X, and PlayStation 5 on November 11th. Uh, it will be GTA 5 and GTA Online. There will be separate products or the same. I mean, if you buy GTA 5, you, buy, you get GTA Online, but you can also buy online standalone. How is one game going to span three generations? Really? I don't know, because it makes a shit ton of money. I, I, I know. I, I just, I'm it's just not free to play. Super- if yeah. it was free to play, it would probably be as big as Fortnite. Yeah. Uh, but there's just enough uh, entry uh, yeah. in there. This, um, just Kudos as a reminder. Them, Kudos to Rockstar. <laughs> yeah. This is just a reminder, though. Uh, GTA Online is still going to be free for PlayStation Plus users for the first three months. Uh, there's no price on what the standalone GTA Online will cost after that or on Xbox. $50. <laughs> uh <laughs> Thirty dollars. I'm kidding. Yeah, Red know. Red Dead is twenty. Red Dead yeah. Online is twenty. So I'm, I'm guessing it'll be twenty. Uh, Thirty. You know how many maybe? people are gonna have, have are going to have purchased this three times? Yeah, no, and it's not a free upgrade or anything like that. Yeah, like, uh, I'm curious uh, to see how it looks because th- their jump from PS3 to PS4 was a pretty nice visual uh, yeah, jump. Yeah, and the price the price was justified, hundred percent. Yeah, I wonder if there's enough of a jump. That right. isn't just it loads faster. Uh, that it's justifiable, especially yeah, now. Sure. Like, since it's not a free upgrade, how much do they plan to charge? Because you can get GTA like anywhere for like ten, twenty dollars, mm-hmm. and it plays on your PS Five and Xboxes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like what, like what are they going to put in there that's going to be twenty or thirty dollars worth of saying like, oh yeah, I need to go buy that again, or I'll just backwards compatible play it and I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. So. And get the same experience because it is going to probably feature crossplay. Because <laughs> why wouldn't it? Right. Because if they they can't kill their community, because that that online community is what is keeping that afloat with all the different like role play servers and all the craziness with that. Uh, so that's coming out November eleventh, and then this article, uh, which is just duh. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Grubb and uh, the Nico Partners analyst said uh, that. Or they confirm Starfield will be Xbox exclusive, and that is not surprising at all. Turns out uh, Microsoft sees Starfield as a very important part of pushing Game Pass. Surprise. Yeah, it's shocking, I know. Like, you spent $7 billion on a company, and you're going to put them on other platforms. No. Yeah. do you think personally that Starfield and Bethesda can carry enough enough weight to I was having this conversation with Angela and she's you know she's talking Angela tries to always talk from like the average gaming standpoint um of like we don't know what Starfield is like is you know there's rumors that Starfield might come out this year mm-hmm. um and I looked up like Fallout 4 sales and they're like 13 million which is mm-hmm. really really good Fallout 76 sales, not so much. Yeah, um, but two going into Two different, very style games, though. Yeah. Two different things. Um, does, in your opinion, because you're kind of more of this genre of gaming mm-hmm. than I am, does Starfield have the, the carry the weight for you that Elder Scrolls and Fallout carry? Yeah, I think it does because it Bethesda has fans. There are people that are fans of Bethesda. Not necessarily, mm-hmm. like, they have one... 
allegiance to Fallout or right. Elder Scrolls. They are fans of Bethesda and Bethesda-styled games. It's why you see, like, in Bioware's case, fans that are fans of both Mass Effect and Dragon Age, or people that just like that style of game. I think and therefore they bought Anthem They bought Anthem because Bioware. Yes, and most of them yeah. disappointed as hell. Right, absolutely. And I think Bethesda and they bought, is... Those people bought Fallout 76 because Fallout and Bethesda. Yeah. Yeah. And those people also hated Fallout 76 because it wasn't developed by Bethesda. Right. It was a Bethesda game, but I think the Bethesda fans are smart enough to know when that studio's making a game, and that's how we see a Fallout 76 tank. Okay. Well, because of poor development, but also right. it had going against it. Like, this isn't a pure Bethesda game. Right. All right. And then the next question I have for you is the same question she asked me. Are those fans of Bethesda within the last six months already Game Pass subscribers? That's a tough one. I think when the acquisition was announced and they put all the old Bethesda games on there, I'm sure a huge chunk flocked to there, hoping that I think that we can say that we've seen an increase of about 6 million Game Pass subscribers since the Bethesda acquisition officially went through, roughly. I mean, yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe, maybe four to five million. It's hard I to think tell it was like it was at 16 or 17 million. And then it went to we, we, we heard like 16 or 17, like in January, February. And now we've heard 23 million in like May. So yeah. there's a lot there's a lot going on in there with Outriders and MLB and the Bethesda acquisition going through along with a whole dump of Bethesda games to Game Pass. I think there will be a bigger influx than we saw in this window. Because the questions of is the next one exclusive to right. Game Pass hasn't come out yet. And then my next question to you, and I know that these are just ones I'm throwing at you. Yeah. Will Starfield be on Steam? Uh, yes, I think it will. Uh, I okay. believe Microsoft is really committed to putting all their games out on Steam. And okay. they haven't... They said they are revamping the Microsoft Store, mm-hmm. but I don't think they have a timeline for that. So I can see it. Because my Steam. my initial thought process is, you go on your, you know, you you're you're a, you're a PC gamer person. You finally hear like in August, Starfield dated November twelfth, twenty twenty one, and they show all the the trailers and there's all like the Bethesda press conference style through Microsoft, and you know pre orders are live now. You go to to pre order it. The first thing you see is seventy dollars for Starfield or nine ninety nine a month with Game Pass. Yeah, no, for sure. But the thing with Bethesda, specifically when it comes to like PC, is Bethesda games longevity live and die off that mod community on PC. Correct. And Starfield's been in development for before the Microsoft deal. So mm-hmm. I feel like a ton of work is already done on PC. No, I, I, I'm, I'm totally cool with it going to Steam, but I was just saying that like I, I just don't look at somebody... And, and maybe like if that if, if Starfield's going to be the only game that they plan on playing for the next two or three years, like and that's a possibility. Like yeah, you spend the seventy bucks and you just don't even look back. Um, but I think if you're on the fence about Starfield and you can you can see this holiday season like Starfield and Halo coming out with you know through Game Pass, I, I think we're going to see the Game Pass subscription count go significantly higher this holiday. Like significantly oh, no, it, higher. It definitely will. Uh, if Starfield like releases or whenever on top Starfield of the, releases. On top of the fact that they're just going to sell the game at 70 bucks, whether yeah. that's people just buying it on Xbox for $70, buying it on Steam for 70, buying it on Windows for 70 or buying Game Pass. Like I, so it's it's super super interesting right now with where all this stuff is coming from and what it's working for. But all these people that are surprised that this is going to happen like, "Oh, Microsoft doesn't want to sell games." They do want to sell games, but 
if you sell if if you get an increase of a million game pass subscribers giving you even seven dollars a month and they only stay for like three months you're still generating more revenue than selling a million copies of the game at seventy dollars yeah like they're playing a long game also that came from the story uh the nico partners said that game pass is the center of their ecosystem from here on out not surprising because that's the game Mm -hmm. that microsoft's playing like it's just that's that's what they're doing i just found it funny though because like of all the games that people have been worried about bethesda starfield has no previous games on other platforms so there's less of a reason for them to have the conversation if this if we're talking about fallout or elder scrolls 6 then there could be like that little bit chance that it'll release on other platforms but this has no allegiance with any mm-hmm. previous platform. So it being free or it's not free, pro- it, it being it's, on it's, Game Pass it's exclusively. Argu- it's probably arguably the, the, the IP that made, because people feel like Microsoft overpaid for Bethesda. It's probably the IP that made Microsoft overpay for it. Yeah, they could have seen something and sucks at Stone. Yeah, the rumors that's... like space combat, like I'm seeing a lot of space combat, space dogfighting rumors like behind it. Like, I. I I've I'll be super fascinated if this June Microsoft does an event with Bethesda and Bethesda gets its own day or gets its own hour of the event or whatever and they announce like and they they show Starfield for the first time and they say it's coming out this year like I'll be I guess to be honest with you I'll be flabbergasted and surprised and also concerned but that would be a huge one two punch for for Xbox oh, yeah absolutely it's Halo but it just and it has this. it has to be right like mm-hmm. <laughs> So it, it can't be Fallout 76 again. Like, it, it can't be. No, no. And I think that's why they've been really quiet about it, is they mm-hmm. don't want to present anything until they can tell a full story in terms of what their plan is for this game. I'm yeah, we've, ta- we've talked about, so he said, uh, somebody in chat, like, the power of a new, pi- a new IP. But I still think Elder Scrolls Six is coming to PlayStation, uh, hopefully, <laughs> is what he's saying. Um I think something like that, that's a like an MMO style of game, they want it on as many platforms as possible. Um, and, and I agree with you that I I agree with what you're saying, but I could also see Microsoft going, no, like you need to come to our platform to play this game. And yes. now their, their platform can be Game Pass as a platform, but their their platform, I don't think, yeah. could be... Well, we're gonna license it to PlayStation Five as well. I, 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 I understand what you're saying, and and as a as a consumer, I think that that's the right call. But as a company that just paid seven and a half billion dollars for it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I, it's one of those. I guess if Starfield completely bombs and Microsoft is just like, okay, the next Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, but then if you're Sony, you're gonna be like, okay, well, you're gonna pay for this. Like they're like. I don't think Sony. You're gonna would get me care. a better deal. No, I don't think it would even care. Sony would probably just laugh about like, okay, yeah, bring it to our platform. It doesn't matter. Just bring your game. It's a single. Elder Scrolls Six is a single player game. Like no one's gonna like freak out like mm-hmm. if it comes to the platform. Uh, though like, though Sony will probably if we're talking about like Elder Scrolls Online Two or something, I could see Sony going like, we want the epic right. deal. With the right. deal we have with Epic of cross-platform yeah. play, we want that for your next yeah. MMO. But, but I think the caveat is the this browser cloud thing. Like if they can do, if they can out Stadia Stadia, 
and you can open up your laptop, your your HP Chromebook or whatever, and open it up and 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 have the game function and function well. That's crazy. Like mm-hmm. though, to where you wouldn't need a five hundred dollar box or a thousand dollar PC, if they yeah. can get the the browser play working better than Stadia, which Stadia is not bad. There's just Stadia's, nothing there. Yeah, Stadia is <laughs> the best, but there's just nothing to play it on. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, that's it for for news. Uh, again, weird, weird week. I put that la- those last two stories in just just for yeah. fun. Uh, All right. So uh, what we're playing and watching, uh, mine's quick. Um, I watched, uh, we're still watching just some of the Disney Plus shows. I haven't watched the Bad Batch yet, and I want to. Star Wars Bad Batch. Uh, the first ep- the first episode is like 75 minutes long. Um, That's which so was a, random that they chose like animation yeah. costs more money and, and yeah did... like like I, I almost feel like you could have just split that into two and like threw a to be continued in there if you wanted to and like just just because instead yeah. of releasing one episode that's 75 minutes now granted that's probably like 15 minutes of credits knowing disney but um still watching a couple just the, our, our, the random disney plus shows um owen wasn't feeling very good over the weekend so that took up a little bit a little bit of time i had a corporate visit at work which took up a little bit of my time and my birthday so um Needless to say, Destiny 2 brought out their season of the Splicer that started on uh, the 11th of May, and they had some mm-hmm. terrible server issues that day. Like, probably the worst that they've had since Rise of Iron, which is the end of Destiny 1, which was like five years ago. Um, they were having, like, I felt like I was in a time warp because they're like, oh, if you're on PC and you have more than 40 friends actively playing Destiny, it won't work. And people were getting Honeydew errored out. Like, there are so many errors that this game has, and and they're still having some problems with it. And the season um, feels a little flat right now. Um, the seasonal event is kind of, well, it's not kind of, it, it is boring. However, the the interesting part about it is, is that me being as much of a Destiny player and lover as I am, I will kind of tolerate certain things in the game if the rewards are worth it. And the guns that they're putting out in the game are really good this season. <laughs> so it's like, this thing's like an eight-minute like slug that I can kind of start doing with my eyes closed right now. Okay, but the stuff I'm getting at the end is super interesting. So I'm like, oh, I got a bad roll on this. All right, let's go one more time. Like, it, like it's 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 doing that thing that thing again of where like Destiny before was like this really sucks. Yeah, but the end reward is really good, and it's like, and before it was really good, and the end rewards were really bad. So it's like, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, but it's it, the Vault of Glass is coming this upcoming weekend, which is a raid that's seven years old. The only raid that Michael's ever done and completed is coming back. Um, so I think that personally, I think the player base is going to be agitated with the Vault of Glass. But it's just like I talked about. They're going to do it because the Vault of Glass weapons were considered the top tier weapons in Destiny 1. And all of most of those weapons are coming back in Destiny 2. That's going to make people go there and want them. The, the, the nostalgia thing will be there and they know the raid. Um, so, and the raid is actually part of the free to play package. Like you don't have to pay for the season, so you can just play it. You don't have to pay anything as long as you're on level to do it. Uh, good luck getting on level without paying for the content. If you do that more power to you, that's a, that's a heavy grind. <laughs> um, why it tried to do it and then just kind of gave up and it's like, oh, fine, I'll buy it. <laughs> um, but, uh, not that that's the only reason he bought it, but I think he's actually like some of the changes that happened with it. Not that I'm speaking for him, but uh, he's a good friend of mine that I've played the game with a ton and he went, walked away for six, eight months and he's kind of dabbling back in. Um, 
but it's just super interesting with like the, the cadence that they're doing with with some of the stuff um but overall like if i would say if, is this a season that like right now that i would say to jump back in on not as much as i, I feel like last season was um so we'll have to see how the, the story cadence plays out um and I just haven't had a chance to go back to Returnal yet. I want to. I want to do like some additional coverage of Returnal. I'm just in that mode again where I, I'm, I'm having a hard time finding something that grabs my attention other than Destiny. And it's just so easy to pick up Destiny and play. I've got a core group of people that play on PlayStation that are like, hey, I'm doing this tonight. And I'm like, okay. And then like last night when I got home from softball, my buddy on Xbox texted me like, hey, we need a six for this. Next thing I know, I'm playing the game for like two and a half hours until like 1130 at night. Um, so like that's that's where i'm at with destiny right now um it's it's fine it's not great it's not terrible um but again as everybody seems to ask me is this season worth ten dollars right now i would say i don't think so or and and more towards i don't think so versus i don't know yet so um i did it uh and i'm gonna start this and this is probably something that's gonna start uh having me stream a little bit more again because i haven't been doing that either and it's gonna kind of force me to come downstairs and play because i've been playing upstairs a lot in my, in my in my living room um we were fortunate enough to get a code sent to us for the pc version of mass effect trilogy um so i will be messing with that that's a franchise that i have never played before um by the time that we had gotten this code michael had already purchased the game so yeah but it, you got a we got a pc code i believe right so. we did yeah so um but it'll just be something that um i think that i could play and you guys could probably watch and kind of maybe like help me because I'm sure a lot of you guys have played through it. Um, but I have never played any of one, none of three, and I think maybe like two or three hours of two. Mm -hmm. And that was yeah. like a long time ago. That's that was like on the PS3 days. So my experience with it. I've yeah. only dabbled with like, uh, my weekend kind of got like thrown for a loop, but I ended up playing like hour or two of it so far. I could say it's, it's very pretty. Like they definitely did some good work uh, mm -hmm. getting the first game up to like a more presentable standard than what yeah i've, I've read like, like the writing the writing actually holds up the voice acting's phenomenal yeah i i'm like all i can go on is like the visual differences just because i looked mm -hmm. at old videos and then i looked at this one so i'm excited to fully dive into it uh i did get a lot of judgment from sarah because i just used default shepherd uh, instead of customizing oh it uh even despite it being a bioware game where you can customize a character i just default shepherd I didn't do... No, no, I just did the the box art one. Hmm. Uh, Female just... or male? Male, male. Okay, uh, box art. I got you. Yeah, original box art one. Yeah, um, I don't know what box art is. I buy games digitally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, original Shepard. I just did like whatever he looked like on that. I tend to do that with like RPGs, even if you can create the character. I just I get annoyed. Default. Like I like I don't want to care about the eyebrow, <laughs> you know, like the eyebrow dip. <laughs> like yeah, know, like, yeah. <laughs> like, same name Shepard. Like because it, it sounds good. Like I I went basic with my character creation, uh, but the game. Looks pretty good so far. I can't wait to see more of it, though, because, again, I've You're playing it on two. Xbox, right? I'm playing it on Xbox, yeah. Because uh, okay. Sarah's still deep into Final Fantasy, and there was the Final Fantasy Fan Fest last week, which had a ton yeah. of Final Fantasy news. Yep. Uh, which I didn't Cordy put in was here. All over, Cordy Wyatt was all over that. And if you want to know about that, go to Discord. Talk to Cordy Wyatt. <laughs> Talk yeah, to Cordy yeah. on Discord. He's, that's, his, that's his thing. We yeah. might have to, to, get him, to get him on and have him do some Final Fantasy breakdown for us. Maybe... 
I don't know if Sarah will go in front of a mic, but maybe yeah. you, 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 Sarah and Wyatt do a show well, or we, something. We were talking about Wyatt because Sarah was like considering leaving her server just because her uh-huh. current friends aren't playing as often. And I yep. know he plays pretty often. Like if you go on his Discord, it yeah, probably he's says on Final PC? Fantasy. Yeah, he's yeah. on PC, but there's cross platform play. There's cross, yeah, yeah. But they announced during the Fan Fest that they're doing, uh, we would have to leave data centers to play with him. And uh-huh. currently, there's like three data centers that she would have to travel between. Uh, and you can't do that. So she would have to pay a server fee to transfer data centers. But they announced at the fan fest that they're going to include data, uh, like travel, like travel between data centers. (laughs) So that's coming. You can farm this material (laughs) to transfer. (laughs) So that made her excited because, uh, right now saying it's $10. $10. Yeah. Yeah. Ten dollars just to move your character to a different server. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To move it okay. to a different data center. Uh, but and they we are, crit- and we criticize Call of Duty for selling a red dot. It is. It's very specific, <laughs> and you lose some like bleeder ports. I forget. There, I, we were looking through it because basically, I'm just, I'm just waiting for some like shoe to fly across the room, or like if she's saying if you're yeah. saying the wrong thing, it's Sarah's like across the room just to no, stop like, it. <laughs> she, but but the good thing is they're going to add data center travel, and right now. You know, like my friends from high school play, but they play on a different data center. Uh, okay. Wyatt is on a different data center, and then her oh, friends gosh. are on a data center. So she wants to play with everybody, but can't without having to Can pay we just, ten dollars. Like, put everybody on one center? <laughs> nope. It's just people pick different data centers, and then it's no. But I mean, can't we just like can't you guys all like make? I mean, I guess it depends on how many people you have playing. So. Everyone's in different free companies, so they're established in their, their oh, clans man. or whatever. So <laughs> the data center travel is a huge thing, and also male bunnies are happening and that's just all i kept hearing about on twitter and from her and my friends uh the bunny class uh you could only have girls and now there's boy bunnies Uh, vera uh cordy uh wyatt veras are the bunnies veras (laughs) there's now veras uh but yeah, that is why Michael's I, either getting a ton of cool points today or none. <laughs> There's no Mayo Vera. Okay, uh, and <laughs> that is why I bought Mass Effect on Xbox. Is because my Xbox doesn't have Final Fantasy installed on it. Uh, then so that's that's mostly what I've been playing, other than banging my head against uh, Returnal, but enjoying it <sighs> as I'm doing it. Uh, I just can't get past the second boss for whatever reason but honestly if you look at my total death count in the game i'm only at like 25 deaths mm-hmm. which isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things right but it's just because i return you die those... and you probably stop right like you're like no, All right, no, I'm so it down. So. i'll keep doing it but like I, the problem i have is if i take two days off from it because i'm playing other games i just can't get into the rhythm and it's just one of those things where I want to get into a, a stretch where it's like, okay, I'm going to play Returnal every single day because by the end of my runs, I'm burning through the two levels without any difficulty. Wait, you can't just, like, key out of the first biome? I I run through it every time. Okay. I, I don't materials know. and weapons and stuff? Yeah, or? yeah, just okay. to build up. Um, okay. And I get really good... As I'm getting really tired because I'm at the end of like my three, four hour session. So like I just need to not take breaks from the game in terms of like yeah. 
And I'll be honest with you, that's the part that kind of scares me, though, that it's telling you, you're telling me that, you know, you're kind of running through something and it's taking you three hours to get to the second boss. Yes, I know you can checkpoint to the second biome or then once you beat the second boss, you can checkpoint to the third biome. Like, I get that. Um, but it's still one of those things where it's like, I, mean, I also really like the first biome. I really like that, yeah, yeah, that the, section. The, the, Gameplay always wins. I've said that for yeah. years. And if the gameplay is good and you, you can play the same level over and over again, if it's unique and fun and good, and that's fine. The The concern that I have, the worry that I have is just stupid things that are happening in my house lately. Like my dog will jump on the couch, okay? And he'll step on the Roku remote. And when he steps on the Roku remote, it puts the Roku on the TV. Like it puts the menu on the TV when I'm in the middle of the game. Like, yeah, I can hopefully hit the options button or... I love her to death. My wife walked in front of me slow today in front of the TV. Like I got, you know, like in, in destiny, it's not as big of a deal, even though I got, I got agitated with it. If she killed me, if that caused me to die in Reso in um, Returnal, I would probably be very agitated. So see, I'm trained to just have cats throwing themselves at me while I play. Uh, so I'm, I don't mind. I also yeah. don't freak out if I die. Like, there's been a couple times where I died. I always say would wouldn't freak out, but like, I, I don't know. I, I feel like if a if a game kills me because of a poor game mechanic, I do get very annoyed. If I mess up, I'm like, all right, I screwed up. Like, I, I, I like, get I annoyed because can... sometimes in Returnal, I hate this. So they do give you like in like a a like one life. To where if you fall down a hole, it'll respawn you. Like, ah, it's yeah, okay. I've done, that, that, I've done that before. Like, I didn't know I couldn't go in the water. Yeah. <laughs> I get absolutely frustrated when I accidentally, I like, I'm going through a run. I'm doing pretty well. And then I fuck up and then I miss a platform or I just like, oh, shit, I jumped in water accidentally. And I lose that, like, give me life. Like, uh -huh. I, it pisses me off. Like, that will Well, there was rents. one point in time where I th thought I saw materials in the water. That happens a lot. Yeah. And I can't go in the water. Yes. That shit bothers me so much. I, and I'll see some good colors coming from that water of just like, yeah. oh, I, I, I know what that could be. And it, it kind of frustrates me. Okay. I think they said they're working on that or maybe in the third or fourth, fifth biome, <laughs> there'll be a, uh, a <laughs> like, thing to Like unlock. you get an artifact or, or, or a, what's the thing that... Uh, and that attaches to your parasite. A parasite that yeah, lets you go in the water, me. maybe yeah, that we don't hopefully. know about. And Somebody's probably just... screaming at the radio, like like at, the, at their client. Yeah. And then I'll have phone. to backtrack <laughs> to to three three biomes later to to go in there. Uh, so that's primarily what I've been playing. I have been messing with uh, Rocat. Sent us a keyboard for review. Uh, it's the Rocat Pyro, uh, which comes out uh, later this month, I believe. It's a pretty solid mechanical keyboard. Uh, it is like linear red switches in it, which means they're clicky, but it doesn't uh, have like a super loud click. Like yeah. uh, it almost it's, feels. It's, it's a, a mechanical keyboard without that. that definitely, because I have a similar keyboard to what he has. Um, and the nice thing about it is, it does. It gives you that that feel of the like it's, it's, yeah feel, but it's yeah. not it's not one of those things where you just you know you can hear somebody like hammering away on their keyboard like out yeah. through the microphone so they actually like i was really worried about that when i got it like a year ago and i think i talked about it like a year ago um but uh definitely michael's got another version of what of what we had and roquette's another company that's been super super good to us <laughs> yeah so this one uh it's it's uh red switch uh keyboard people would know like exactly how clicky that is because it's all pretty standardized. Um, so the red switch means it's like got a decent 
sounding click because that's very important for mechanical keyboards at least for me uh, and most mm-hmm. people uh but it's you know because it's a red switch when it actually presses fully down there's not like a huge amount of feedback on it so it's not like typing in a typewriter which you could totally get i think that's brown or black i believe or, or that type of thing uh this one because it's rocat it has like the swarm software to get like the customization for the led lights uh which i really love the customization options that it gives you for the leds because i like having a bright and colorful keyboard because uh, i have a fanatic uh, keyboard the fanatic streak uh which looks good has really nice led lights customization you kind of just have to work with the presets that you have but rocat mm-hmm. has presets that you can work with that are actually pretty nice but it also lets you customize different parts of the keyboard so i can have uh, different colors or different effects going on the the numpad the functionality keys or the actual keyboard or specifically uh wasd you know the movement Mm -hmm. keys uh, for a lot of games so you can really customize the leds and it looks really nice because the keyboard has like a aluminum plasticky kind of finish like it mm-hmm. definitely looks aluminum it doesn't feel aluminum uh feels more yeah, plastic it's not, it's not like cold yeah, it's never yeah. cold enough to the touch but it actually has enough of like a a, t- a textured feeling to it that kind of yeah it doesn't make it feel like plastic but it, it gives it a really nice look especially with the leds hitting like that that like brushed aluminum finish mm-hmm. it looks really nice uh, so I, I'm using that. Uh, Sarah's been using it for work uh, for the last two days, so she likes the way it types and feels. Um, the only parts that I'm having some issues with is sometimes uh, when I turn on my computer, the keyboard kind of forgets the profile I set up for the LED lights. I'm hoping because it works for the most part, I'm guessing that is something that can be handled with a software update uh, later down the road. Again, this is technically pre-release so there could be more firmware coming down i'm gonna actually email out and i'll follow up next week uh with the response that way uh it does come with a palm rest though the palm rest is like just kind of plasticky uh definitely doesn't feel like a a, a premium palm rest yeah it's a it's just a hard plastic sort of palm rest uh mine's more rounded than the one uh dave's showing on the twitch stream um i wish that was a little different but it's a minor issue with a really good hundred dollar keyboard. Yeah, I was gonna say for like a hundred bucks, like their their stuff is like really good. Yeah, uh, so like it definitely has a good quality to it. It has a nice feel. It has one of my favorite features, which I only buy keyboards if they have volume wheels on them, um, so I can control like the the audio with like a knob as opposed to like having to click around uh, or hitting a button. I don't know why I'm weird and I like if there's a good volume wheel or volume knob built into the keyboard. Uh, this one sticks out pretty well, so it's easy to find and grip on it. Uh, I, my other keyboard had a wheel, but it's so into the keyboard, you almost press other keys to get to it. This one has uh, like an actual like radio knob uh, that like sticks out well enough that it's easy to like get to without having to look at the keyboard. Uh, but overall, I'm enjoying it. Uh, nice. Just uh, got to put it through a couple more tests. Uh, they do advertise like it's been tested to handle 50 million keystrokes. I won't hit 50 million keystrokes uh, in the next week. Uh, but hoping a full work week with Sarah using it because she works from home and then me gaming on it every night will really run it through uh, and see how well it, it holds up. But definitely... 
if you're looking for a keyboard and don't want to spend a ton of money, $100 is a decent price for a mechanical keyboard with these features. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely something to wor- look into. Like the keyboard that I usually have, the Fnatic one, I believe was like $120, $150. Um, and the differences between the two aren't that huge to where uh, this could definitely become my primary keyboard uh, based on like the first five days that I've had it. Uh, so cool. we'll we'll find out a little bit more uh, next week in terms of how well it holds up to several hours of gaming every single night. Uh, as I yeah, I really want to find like a like Rocat's been really cool. Like since we started Digital Days, um, I really want to find a game on PC that would almost everything I play is like like a lot of the games I play like Fallen Order that I played on PC, and then even if I play Mass Effect on PC, it's probably going to be better with a controller. Um, so I really would like to find a game that I may enjoy that it would kind of get me into keyboard and mouse playing. So. I would pay to have you play League of Legends. Just <laughs> run through League of Legends. Uh, and that would be entertaining to me. Just throw you in with like people that already play League of Legends, but yeah. you don't I've got a good mic. friend that's really into League. Uh, a lot of my friends are super into it, but I just yeah, can't get into it. I've got it. a really, really good friend that's really into League, so yeah. I could definitely, you know, but... I doubt that that's going to be a thing I do. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, um, that's you it watch for... anything? Or... Nah, not really. Um, Other than the stuff you watch for your podcast now? <laughs> yeah, every movie ever. I mean, I watched like uh, a, an okay horror movie and then an okay failed pilot that was turned into a movie. Uh, that's fine. Uh, you can find that stuff. I'm just enjoying watching random movies, but a lot of weird stuff that and I know nice. Dave's like I would never watch some of these. No, movies. I haven't. I've yeah. watched some pretty weird stuff on Netflix before. Yeah, but usually it ends up being some kind of like just bad sports movie. <laughs> yeah, so. no, I'm going all in on this thing. I think the next yeah. movie we have to watch is like a bad romantic comedy that looks like it should never have been released. It looks like a bad <laughs> Lifetime knockoff. Do you want to give anybody any insight of how you pick these movies? Or? Yeah. So for every movie ever, um, what we do is. I uh, go to, I just, uh, what is it? Um, I look, I type in roulette Netflix. On, okay. So on that Google. is the thing. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. I just uh, didn't know if you did like the recommend thing, surprise me. No, and no. Stuff. So what I end up doing is I go to realgood.com and it lets you pick what streaming services you have. And then okay. it lets you spin and it'll give you a random movie or TV show and whatever movie comes on as long as it's not a documentary or stand-up special. Okay. That's the movie we watch that week. And we do two movies a week. So sometimes we get, so last week I watched horse girl, which is a really good, like sci-fi drama. And then the movie that was paired with it was jinxed, which is a Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon original movie (laughs) from like 2013. So two completely different types of movies is what we watched. And then kind of, uh, like unintentionally compared the two because that's what usually happens when you have two movies is you compare right. two movies that shouldn't ever be compared to each other. Yeah, but if you watch them on a watch one on a Tuesday, one on a Wednesday, it's inevitable that you compare them. So. Yeah, yeah. So we watch a bunch of bunch of random stuff on that. Sometimes good, sometimes bad, but it's usually nice. pretty entertaining. All right. Uh, so questions and comments. You guys can send us questions using hashtag AskDigitalDays. This is a perfect example. Michael and I kind of both forgot to ask uh, for questions for this week's show. Uh, but that doesn't mean you have to wait for us to ask for you guys to send them. Um, 
you can you know use the hashtag ask digital days on twitter uh you can go into the discord uh, server and there's a ask digital days uh channel there you can just post them on facebook like sometimes we'll just pull questions from facebook that that people post on there just in general whether it's a question to us or to the community uh so you don't necessarily have to wait for typically michael to post the thread um you can just feel free to ask the question. You can email them to us, podcast at digitaldaysgaming.com. Uh, again, you can tweet it, tweet us, all that stuff. There's def- there's multiple ways to contact us that you can send them. So please send some of that stuff, gaming, non-gaming, recommendations, conversation starters, any of those, any of those are fine. Um, uh, spotlight Patreon. Uh, our spotlight for this week is uh, is our Patreon, and as well as like my, what Michael just talked about with his other his secondary podcast, uh, patreoncom gaming where we just did um, April's episode, which was baseball. Uh, and May is, I believe, going to be a Mortal Kombat. We're going to just yeah. kind of dive into Mortal Kombat when Michael and I schedule line up, and we'll post that. So if you have any interest in that, as well as subscribing to the seven dollar tier for the bonus content, get you access to every bonus episode we've done, and it's almost a year old that since we started doing them. So uh, that you get like 12, almost 10, like right now, like 10 episodes for sure uh, that you can go back and listen to. And some of them are, you know, month oriented, but they're still always great to listen to um, in terms of getting to know us a little bit better as as non-gaming people necessarily, as well as some deeper gaming stories that we don't go into massive details on here. So you can check that out. $5 uh, Patreon support gets you uh, 24-hour early access to the podcast, so you get it on Wednesday instead of Thursday. You get a direct uh, RSS private feed uh, that you can open up in most podcast services. So if that's something you're worried about, you can. I've, I, it works on, like, on my podcast attic. Um, $3 gets you um, access to a private Discord channel, and $1 is just a tip jar. Just as an example, the $1 Patreon is similar to uh, – is not similar to. It's it's almost enough support if you did it for the whole year to pay for a month of podcast hosting for us, and that's a super helpful gesture uh, if you so choose. But please, again, do not support us on Patreon if uh, you, f- you are not financially able to do so. We are doing fine uh, we don't need Patreon. Uh, it's just something that we give as, a, as an option to the community to help us. The support that you guys have given us has helped us do things to allow better coverage. Um, but in no way do I want anybody to feel obligated to support us on Patreon. There are or, Nor subscribe to us on Twitch if they don't have the ability to do so. Those are just all multiple revenue sources for you guys, support sources uh, to, for you guys to, to show support to us and help us. But uh, they are no means required. Um, you're, you downloading the show is fantastic already and nothing additional needs to happen there um so uh the social networks you can follow us uh the main account at digital days pod you can follow michael at uh at the first mjc i don't know why i have a hard time with that lady um you can follow myself at good dave hunt um join the facebook group yeah of course it's mine uh you can follow um you can join the discord server like we said uh and then obviously it's just one more time the patreon is all those links are in the show notes uh so feel free to check those out sharing the show leaving reviews is the easiest way to help us grow and to expose us to more player players and people in the community so got anything else no uh we'll just uh next week we might have an earlier show uh i believe Uh, we're still working on the schedules uh but yeah uh we'll have final words getting in the way sorry yeah (laughs) Uh, i'm trying to be an athlete after taking a year (laughs) off my legs hurt yesterday (laughs) so next week we'll hopefully have a deeper discussion on mass effect legendary edition and then final verdict on this keyboard and i think we might some have some headphone talk next week i'm not too sure maybe maybe all right Uh, Everyone go out there. Have a great week. Keep moving forward. Don't be a dick. See ya.